0: Hey guys, so over the next few weeks, we're going to be releasing a whole bunch of really cool interviews that we've taken with some incredible people that are doing very cool things in the world. It's called Bigger Than Me Changemakers. Our first interview now, which I want to share with you is with an amazing lady called Lauren Bright. She's the country manager for Operation Smile. We have a long history with Operation Smile, but they're doing such important work on the African continent and giving the power of smiles to young children and people with cleft lip and cleft palate. So, uh, without further ado, here's our chat with uh, Lauren Bright. Hi Lauren, how are you doing? Hey Greg,
1: I'm good thanks, how are you?
0: Good, I'm good, surviving you know, getting through, getting through what, um, whatever is happening in the world at the moment, so it's, uh, it's definitely been an interesting time.
1: It sure has. <laughs>
0: yeah, of course. Cool. So I really appreciate your your coming on for our first um, first sort of episode of, of the Bigger Than Me Change Makers uh, series. Um, and you know, I really just you know, obviously we've got a we've got a relationship um, in terms of Bigger Than Me and and Op Smile, have been worked with with you for for a long time, um, and kind of the idea that' that I had was just sort of really want you guys have obviously been in incredible work for a long time um, in a, you know from an international organization point of view but also um, more particular from your point of view in terms of being the country manager for op smile um, and what you're doing in Africa at the moment so maybe just just tell us a little bit about what what you guys are doing and, uh, and yeah let's let's take it from there
1: yeah. Well, um, Greg, firstly, thanks for having us and, you know, for being part of an incredible part of our journey. Um, you know, Upsmile South Africa um, is part of a global nonprofit um, medical organization that provides free cleft lip and palate reconstructive surgeries to specifically vulnerable children and adults. For, for those of the, the listeners who aren't aware, the cleft lip and cleft palate um, is a condition where a gap in the mouth doesn't close during the early stages of pregnancy. And it's one of the third most common birth defects worldwide so every three minutes a child is born with a cleft globally and you know these stats don't change during a global pandemic um, so in terms of of south africa you know and and where we've been in terms of um you know global we've since 2006 um Smile and um, south africa has executed medical programs in seven cities across south africa um, you know, we're one of the world's largest volunteer-led organizations, so we're very blessed in South Africa to have over 120 active, engaged medical volunteers who really add value on missions. You know, we're all about building up local capacity, training skill locally, and our volunteers have been a big part of that. Um Healthcare workers, you know, we do training in basic life support, pediatric advanced life support, and also helping babies survive. So we've trained over 1,300 healthcare workers. So we're really there to try and fill in, you know, any gaps that we see in the health system. We know that there is a major need around the world um, in terms of these kind of congenital anomalies, and we really are trying to, to move the needle in that regard. So, you know, we really believe that safe surgery, safe, effective timing of surgery is a human right. And, and for a lot of these patients who live in deep rural areas, it's really difficult for them to get that safe surgical care.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's been in my experience with, with working with OpsMAR for, for a long time, is that, you know, to and, and having attended some of the missions that you guys have been, you know, that yep. you've had. Um, to actually see the the difference of someone barely being able to recognize their own their own smile or, or a fa- smile that they've never had before, their own expression just because of that life change in surgery. I mean it's just it's it's an absolutely incredible experience. I mean you, have, you know you're yeah. absolutely right. It is it it's it's a basic human right, you know. Yeah. Um, and it literally changes people's lives like that instance it changes um their their how, how they'll be accepted in society in, in their rural communities I know a lot of a lot of um, young children and, and and mothers in particular have been ostracized from their from their communities um, so it's 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 inc- vitally important you know the work that you guys have been doing Um yeah. So with that in mind, not being able to do exactly what you've been able to do from an organizational point of view in terms of running missions or training healthcare care workers and that kind of thing, how have you guys had to adapt over this over this period, um, over the last three or four months with, uh, with the pandemic?
1: Well, I think I'm going to start off with using the famous COVID word, which is pivot,
0: yeah. Um, yeah.
1: which we've all had to do. Um, But obviously we had to stay relevant, we had to go to where the immediate need was for the communities and patients that we looked after. So You know, in terms of COVID relief efforts, we really got involved there on the PPE side, um, on the food side, on the malnutrition side. Um, You know, just to give you a little bit of stats, uh, you know, we supported in around 6,200 meals and food parcels being sponsored. We helped with donations of blankets, nappies, menstrual kits to about 160 people. In terms of PPE, over a million rands worth of, you know, PPE donated to our hospital partners and communities. Um, And then nutritional support. We partnered with a phenomenal NPO called Grow Great. um, And we donated, you know, towards um, specifically pregnant women who are particularly vulnerable. um, We donated towards nutritious packages for them um, because obviously we know that you know, malnutrition in utero can be attributed uh, to the prevalence of infants born with cleft lip or palate conditions. So, um, you know, assisting expecting mothers was of paramount importance to us. Um, Grow Great is a wonderful NPO that aims to galvanize South Africa towards a national commitment to zero stunting by the year 2030. Um, Quite frankly, the key word, you know, other than pivot, has been collaborate. You know, supporting NPOs, supporting NPOs, um, interreferring, linking up. We've done another um, collab with uh, Pick and Pay, uh, a charity uh, clothing collection drive. Uh, DHL came on board to support us in getting uh, the packages out. But we've linked up with SS Children's Villages and Rays of Hope and ourselves to help support our beneficiaries. Um, one of the other partnerships, uh, we've also been uh, helping Jabulani, which is another NPO uh, that runs the Zitulele Hospital uh, in rural Eastern Cape. Um, you know, the levels of malnutrition um, are obviously pretty high. there. They service 120,000 people in that area. So, you know, with COVID-19, it's really, it, you know, affected these uh, these households and and increased, you know, the the hunger and the need there. So, um, you know, we help there with a hospital-based support program and we want to keep investing and we want to keep building these partnerships because I really believe, Greg, in line with with what this whole talk is about, that the only way that NPOs are going to survive the next few months or even the next few years is through collaborations and partnerships. You know, that age-old addendum of, know there's one pie we all need to come for the same pie that doesn't exist anymore you know um when when i get asked often you know if i go to a donor and they say well we don't support medical charities i say well what what do you support? And if they say, well, education, then I give them a suggestion of, of, of you know, Rays of Hope in Alexandria who are doing phenomenal work. So what, what I think our job is as NPOs is to get to know the other NPOs that are, that exist in our communities, that are making, that are helping move the needle. Get to know them so that when you're pitching to a donor, you can refer um, another NPO. You can, you know, have meetings. Let's extend our network. Um, let's not be greedy or selfish in our approach, but let's think of the bigger vision. Let's share our vision for the future of South Africa. Let's share our goals and our dreams, and let's align and let's support one another.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's been one of the things that I've seen um, or been really encouraged about. You know, um, through this yeah. through this time is that. The amount of collaboration that's actually taken place between different organisations, you know, and partnerships, and and how they've supported each other, and and one of the key um, elements that I've seen is is how vulnerable young children are during during that have been during this time, you know, whether it's been um, from a nutrition point of view, or or whether it's been not being able to go to early childhood development centres, or um, and and particularly the really young children, you know, um, where you know some of the some of the meals that they receive are the only meals of the day if they if they mm-hmm. you know attend the um, early childhood development centers and with them not being able to go to these centers, um, they're not getting fed um, yeah. and their parents having to try and still go to work, and so they they they've been left at home uh, with no with no um, uh, sort of adult supervision or anything like that. so it's been. It's just been a crazy time where the, the the most vulnerable of the vulnerable have been left exposed, you know. Um, yeah. During yeah. this, and that, and that's what's been so amazing with a lot of these organisations is that they've pulled together, whether it's been through um, education or nutrition or um, whatever it might be, to try and um, to try and sort of plug the hole or this massive gap that's actually yeah. just increasing now. Um, I mean, if it was bad before COVID, um, it's just it's it's just open up even even more now, you know, so um, you know, and, and kind of with that in mind, I mean, how are you seeing you know, you, you mentioned something interesting um, where you, you're chatting to a particular donor and if they say they don't necessarily do exactly what you guys might be pitching for but you're able to maybe recommend someone else like, how do you see um, sort of giving and and that kind of thing evolving over the future now. Um, in terms of um, obviously donors are going to be under far, far more pressure at the moment. Um, yeah. The charity model has always been questioned for for a long time anyway. Um, yeah. So you know a lot of that a lot of that international funding is going to be reallocated into different places now. Um, yeah. And I think there's correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there's over two hundred thousand. Uh, N- N- NPOs or NGOs within in the country at the moment, so that is yeah, definitely yeah. shrinking. Hey? Um, so how do you how do you sort of see that changing over over the next sort of well into the future in terms of evolving from a from a, a model?
1: Yeah, I mean currently, you know, NPOs act in communities where government and businesses are unable to reach. So. They are accessible, act with urgency, you know, to meet immediate needs in times of crisis, uh, which has become very evident, of course. But the estimated 230,000 registered not-for-profits in South Africa obviously provide, like you said, a wide range of services to these marginalized communities. And they employ in total about 800,000 people. So, you know, if you look at uh, cutbacks in donations and cutbacks in other sources of income, this is a sector that is at risk currently. However, what has actually been quite interesting about what COVID has done is, you know, it's during lockdown, I think people really had this moment of finding their purpose and having time, being locked down, kind of going, why are we all here? So there are actually more people donating in an individual capacity, I believe, than ever before. So being able to contribute and have a purpose is is more important to people now than it's ever been. So people are reassessing their life mission and their life vision. So the virus has also highlighted the frailty of life and how crucial it is to be of service. Um, People have done this deep introspection Um, about how they've lived their lives before COVID. So, you know, just in terms of, and and the reason I'm bringing that up is because that's affecting, that is what I believe is going to save the industry. Because if you look at some stats, which I'm going to share with you, 91% of global consumers expect companies to do more than make a profit. They now expect companies to be doing good and to be involved in CSI. Um, Employee retention, 74% of employees say that their job is more fulfilling when they are provided with opportunities to make positive impacts on society. Millennial engagement, 76% of millennials consider a company's social and environmental commitments when deciding where to work. So, Greg, what we're looking at here is a shift in in the human spirit. This is what COVID-19 has done. So... This is where I believe the strength, the, 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 the role of NPOs has been highlighted um, and the work that NPOs do to keep societies alive and, and surviving has also been highlighted. So things like employee motivation, stakeholder relationships, community acceptance, um, market strategy, brand strengthening. I mean, these are all things that exist within NPOs um, because ultimately, they're here to transform society. They can step in fast, quickly. They can meet their immediate need. Um, so I, I really think, and you know, I want to give a positive spin to this whole, to this book, because I really believe that with this, this kind of uh, conscious collective and this, this, this change that has happened, that, that people are, are more giving now than ever before.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I completely agree with you. I think, I think, um, the, there's, the shift has been coming for a long time, you know, in terms of how things have been done for, for a long time and, and, and that system has been broken, um, where the, the very limited few have benefited from it for, for far too long. Um, and I, and I think this is, we're kind of on this precipice at the moment where we have the opportunity to really bring everyone with. yeah. um, And there's the potential where that that precipice could just get bigger in terms of people getting left behind, you know. Um, But, I mean, I think exactly what you've said, you know, like MPOs provide that service where government can't get involved or don't have resources to get involved or can't get involved there quickly because of bureaucracy or whatever, it might be red tape. And then corporates, you know, if if they're selling a can of beans, that's what they do, they sell a can of beans and they might be able to support through providing those, you know, um, financial support or whatever it is, but they can't get on the ground as quickly as, as, as the MPOs do, you know, but I think, I think there's, there's, um, it's vitally important now, and I think I think from a from a brand communication and brand strategy point of view, the per, like a purpose led um, strategy is something that we're calling um, uh, like purpose led humanism. Really, um, oh, you know, the strategy around that the strategy yeah. around that is is basically just you know you start with what is right from a human point of view. It's really that but that that yeah. simple. You know what is right. What do we do as a company? Um, what are the products we make in? Is it going to mess up mess up the world? Um, mm. Is it going to um, uh, you know mess with the environment, or, or is it going to impact negatively on a particular community, whatever it is? And then that's where you start, and then from there you can create your different your different Thanks. products and, and strategies and business strategies. And you know it doesn't. You know there, there was this there was this talk of it. Sort of very much being woke washing or like greenwashing used to be or whatever it is, but it's not that at all it's it's about it's you know you can still make a profit, you can still have a great company and and still satisfy shareholders, etc cetera, etc cetera. but you're not but not at the cost of of the environment or the cost of of marginalized communities and that kind of thing, you know? So, so I think big business has a vital role to play uh, as well in terms of, um, supporting initiatives and, uh, and social issues and that kind of thing that, that are going to uplift communities and provide opportunities, but at the same time make money, you know, and, and you're right. Like we've seen it from an organization that, that, you know, employees that are coming, young employees that are coming into organizations, they want to know what those companies are doing yeah. from a, from a socially it. conscious point of view, you know, and that's, that's, that's really a good thing, you know, that's, um, and I think it's something that's hugely positive, you know.
1: What's interesting is the word philanthropy means the gift of human kindness, yeah. and Kindness is really a, a, a theme for 2020, because I think we all thought we were kind pre-COVID, but it's just shown how, how more of it is, is required. Um, the other thing is the spirit of volunteerism that has emerged, um, and the amount of people who, who got involved in volunteerism. So I think you know like I said spreading a positive edge to this we've, we've realized that the the beautiful domino and ripple effect of positive change has really been for me what has shone during this time and how in the hashtag stronger together um, we can't achieve anything alone. we can in community and we can in partnership and we can collaborate for impact. And I think you know, if, if I could give one message to, to brands out there, um, you know, get more involved, get your employees involved. They want to be, give them opportunities to engage with, with uh, CSI organis- you know, and, and NPOs. We look at some of our case studies of you know, just donors being, being blown away at, at being involved in, and having the experience of making a difference. Um, and seeing that tangible result and seeing the gift of a new smile of, of someone's uplifted. Um, and I really believe that South Africa has some of the most incredible NPOs. You're really doing um, the most phenomenal work.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more, man. Um, so, Lauren, thank you so much for your time. Yes, I really appreciate thank you so it.
1: much. <laughs> I, know
0: how, I know how very busy you are um, changing the world and, uh, oh. and creating smiles for people. So yeah. I just wanted to say thank you very much. I really appreciate the time and all the, all the very best with, uh, with everything that you guys are doing.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Greg. Best of luck to you as well.
0: Cool. Thank okay. you. Cheers. Bye.
1: Okay, bye. <laughs> you <smart noise>